And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And we have a returning guest today, Dan Jin. He was with us about five years ago. He came on the podcast, probably early in the life of the podcast, telling us about an adventure he was going to go on. He was getting ready to leave with his girlfriend to to travel in South America. And uh, I've been following him ever since. So it's it's good that we could get back together because I have lots of questions for him. Anyway, Dan's from the UK. He's a... He's a journalist. He's a photographer. He's a podcaster. He he does the uh, Phoblographer podcast. And so, you know, I don't know, we might talk some podcast trash while we're on here, too. So anyway, Dan, welcome. Thanks for being back. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. And thanks for the, the lovely introduction. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. I've been... You know, I, I've been following you. I, you know, I follow you like on Facebook and Instagram. So I've, I, I kind of know what you've been up to, but uh, definitely want to want to catch up and have you tell us what's happening. You know, you're one of these guys. You, you you travel around the world, and you know, you say to yourself, "Gee, I wish I could do that." You know, I hear a lot of people saying that. Well, you actually do it. You're guess you're living the dream. But anyway, you're and you're in Mexico right now, right? That's correct. Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Mexico City at the moment. Mexico City. So, what's why are you there? What's what's happening in Mexico City? Great question. Um, and the, the honest answer is, uh, photography, street photography in particular, absolutely influences me being here. Uh, I came back. I came to Mexico City for the first time in 2019, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with the place, Bob. I mean, it, it's the the architecture. The nature that's within the city, the the culture, the people. I'm a very artsy kind of person. I imagine yourself and the people that listen to this podcast are all artsy people. You know, it's mm-hmm. photography. Uh, but in the way that I dress, I'm very boring. You know, it's just a, a nice dark blue shirt. So, so when I'm around an environment where people are very liberal with the way they dress, you know, there's there's no rhyme or reason. It's it's however you want to look. Um, it's a great place to photograph and yeah, so I've, 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 I've been on the move for the past three years, uh, well, four years, but it, Mexico city seems to be somewhere that I keep returning to and where I feel kind of on a personal and a photography stand standpoint, I just feel right at home. Yeah. I hear it's a great city. I, the only time I was there, I was in the airport changing planes. So I never got out of the city and that's one place I really want to go back to. It's, Did it's you? Um, the the airport's probably the worst part of the whole city. <laughs> of course, that's true. It's probably most cities. Wonder you ever run into Keith Danamiller there? You know Keith. He's a no. He's an American photojournalist. He came from near where I used to live uh, in Ohio, but he's been living in Mexico City for twenty five, maybe thirty years. Nice. And uh, I don't think he's there this week. He's due to come back to the U.S. to be in the uh, the, the Eyes on Main Street uh, well, festival in Wilson, North Carolina. I'll be honest; I don't, I don't really connect. I, I connect with so many photographers online. Yeah. Um, but one one of the things that I've always said, I don't really connect. Connect. I don't know about you, but I don't connect with photographers in real life. It's it's something I'd like to do, but I just I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you're and you visit all these places. I try to wherever wherever we go someplace. Um, I try to connect with someone I have met through the magazine. And uh matter of fact, I got lucky. We just a guy that uh, uh Mike Ruggiero who who uh has written a couple articles for us. And uh I met him through Harvey Stein in New York. He wound up moving to my town. I live in a small town in central Virginia now, Charlottesville, Virginia. And he moved here. So now I've got a street photographer buddy right in town. <laughs> nice. So that's nice. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of fun when you can connect with people with similar interests in other parts of the world. The, the, and, the thing is, I, when, I, when I'm doing street photography, um, whilst on paper, it sounds nice, you know, having someone around and stuff. Like I've, I've done some photo walks in the past. Um, yeah. And I end up just not talking to people because I'm like I, I can't I can't sure. I can't do the talking and the shooting at the same time. You know I'm, I'm a simple right. man, Bob. I, I, <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah, but I mean it's always good at the end of like a photo walk to kind of exchange photos, have a chat, have a coffee. That's that that's when the yep. kind of social element comes to its best. But yeah, I find it hard to to shoot and and socialize at the same time. No, you you wind up. You're together, and then you wind up splitting up and going different ways, and yeah, you know, connecting again. And yeah, if you're just like next to each other the whole time, forget it. Yeah, forget it. So, where else do you go besides uh, Mexico? So, I think since so when we last spoke, I was about to start a trip to Central America. Um, but since then, I've done. I won't go through every single country. Um, sure. Of course, but um, kind of Asia, India, mm -hmm. uh, lots of Europe, because it's you know uh, originating from the UK. It's so accessible, or at least it was before um, a certain political thing happened, and then we left the EU. But um, but before it was <laughs> extremely accessible, and then North America and South parts of South America as well. So I've, I've been very fortunate. There's around about forty countries within that time span. Um, to have seen a lot of cool things. My God, what? Uh, how's your Spanish? Eh, it's my bien. No, uh, <laughs> I, I could, I could. It's got a lot better. Um, yeah. But um, it should for for the amount of time I've spent in Spanish speaking countries, it should be much better. But I'm a poor student, so I just pick up as I go along. It's hard. It's really hard. Trying to learn another language as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that as, as long as I can say the things I absolutely need to say, mm -hmm. after that, oh, I'm just, yeah. I don't have the big, <laughs> yeah. I don't have much motivation, but my best friends who I spend a lot of time with traveling, they, they, one of them, he's got great Spanish and he's always, you know, ribbing me and, but I'm, I'm playing the long game. Yeah, that's good. You'll, you'll catch on. Yeah, Ashley speaks fluent Spanish, which nice, which comes in real handy. Yeah, oh, she's so smart. Yeah, one of my favorite Mexico City words is um, chela. Unfortunately, a word I'm not familiar with. You don't? Oh, <laughs> that's another word for beer. Oh, okay. I, I guess that okay. means like broken heart or something. <laughs> Learned it in, yeah, in Mexico. We were drinking a lot of beer that week. They started calling me Chileo. Uh -oh. Chileo. <laughs> that can't be good. That can't be good. I can't drink beer because I've I've got very boring piece of information. But I've got celiac disease, so I can't have gluten. Oh. 
Yeah. So um, I'd love some Chilea, honestly, Bob. But uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. You got to be careful for sure. So, all right. So you've been yeah, you've been traveling around for years. What did you do during the pandemic? Uh, so I was in Colombia um, during the pandemic, and we um, I had a decision whether to go back to England or stay in Colombia, and I thought. Well, the weather's pretty nice here. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I'll stay in. I st- so I stayed in Colombia, and we we were in a, a lockdown for four months, um, mm. which was. Do you know? I, I I kind of feel guilty saying this, but I had some of the best times of my life during that lockdown. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like like how? Well, it's. So I, 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 I stayed in a house which had other kind of travelers that were there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like there was a, and I'm sure this isn't unique, but whilst it wasn't pleasant, of course it wasn't. Um, there were, there was like a nice bonding kind of process between the group mm-hmm. um, and how we all, you know, got through it and, and came together really. And I don't know. I I think, you know, it, it, in the moment, there were times where it was terrible. We all know that. But reflecting on it, I think I'm, I'm very, I don't want to say grateful for a lockdown, but, but you know, that's kind of my attitude to everything. Try and find gratitude in every situation. As, sure, yeah. as long as you're not locked up with a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I was probably the only asshole there, to be honest oh, with you, Bob. You so that's, if you ask them, they'll be like, there was this one asshole from Britain, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I've, I've done over 200 of these things. It's the first time I've used a bad word on a podcast, but I mean, oh, okay. what, what other term? Can... <laughs> yeah, time to take off the clean, the clean badge or whatever, whatever they do on an Apple podcast. But yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, were you just locked up and stuck inside the whole time? Um, pretty much. I mean, we, as as the months went on or the weeks went on rather we we started to get like one hour of um you had an hour of exercise per day um where you could go outside uh and you we that was divided into different numbers we were given numbers so for example i was a six so i could Mm -hmm. go out between 10 a.m and 11 a.m oh um and then there were two days per week we could I mean, just saying this now, Bob, it, it's unreal to think that this was happening. But but yeah, we, we could only go out shopping on select days. and Wow, that's really yeah, tough. Was, of course, I knew yeah. it was like that in the UK too, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, I can't, I, I've been so switched off from, even though my family is still there, you know, um, I'm so switched off with what goes on in the UK now. I, I um, I'm disconnected. Yeah, I guess so. You're away so much. I mean, how many days out of the year are you not in your home country? Um, all, all the time. I, I've spent. I've I've only spent in the last four years. I think I've spent six weeks in England. Wow, so not much. Yeah, I've I've been. It's it's been non go, uh, nonstop living out of a of a clothes bag and a camera bag for um for for four years, literally. Yeah. So do you get up here in the States much? I did. I did prior to the, to the pandemic. I, you know, a, a lot of people, they, um, uh, when, when traveling, 
people from the United States, I'm sorry to say, Bob, but they get they get a hard time from from other nationalities and countries. Uh, no, I, I think deserve just, it. You know, <laughs> maybe they deserve <laughs> some it. Some you know, do. No, I just some do. There's, it's but, mostly but my, good people. My time in the United States traveling, uh, I did New York, Washington, Philly, LA, good. and Portland. I had oh. some of the best moments of my whole life just traveling making photographs meeting people it was it was a blast i'd love to get back come on back mm -hmm. if you go to dc let me know i don't live too far from there excellent two hours two hours. come down here i'm we're on the edge of the mountains we've got wineries and well you can't drink beer probably can't <laughs> drink wine either huh i i, I can you are I boring I, I, I do heroin if that balance it. No, I, I don't. Heroin, I don't do yeah, <laughs> we've got here in Virginia, uh, marijuana's legal now. Oh, Calm excellent. Down. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've written articles about the, the benefits of, um, of marijuana and uh, photography, c c combining the two. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm more open to that situation. Yeah. Doesn't it make you feel a little paranoid? No. Well, I, I did... Um, I think the the older you get, the the more um, with anything, whether it's alcohol or what, whatever vice yeah. you have, you, you become more restrained and more aware of how to use it to, you know, get the best out of it rather than than go too fast. So that's what I hear. <laughs> I'm an old guy, you know. <laughs> so good. That's good. So you got to got to travel in the U.S. I I don't know. We we have a I think an amazingly beautiful country and yeah. A lot of really good people, but a lot of American travelers are kind of a pain, you know, <laughs> in other places. <laughs> Gee, you speak good English. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, condescending. How's your Italian? Is... Not so good. <laughs> yeah. So, as I said earlier, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got a lifestyle a lot of people would like to do, or at least, at least they think they would. Mm -hmm. And... You know, living in different countries, you know, traveling is never easy. Um, and when you do it a lot, you, you, know, you know. But, uh, I mean, what's some of the upsides to basically living on the road? I don't, I don't know. You call it the laptop lifestyle or whatever. <laughs> some people use that term. But what, what's some of the upsides to it and some of the downsides? Well, you know, my, my, the whole reason I wanted to, to do this, Bob, is when I – when we last spoke, I, I was in London and I wanted to figure out a way where I could just travel the world and do street photography. That's, that, that was my, my, my objective. You know, I, di I didn't want to overcomplicate it. So the upside is um, living a nomadic life um, is I get to have the freedom to photograph when I want, photograph where I want mm -hmm. within reason, considering the current climate. And and just do that on my own, on my own accord, rather than whereas before I, I worked in an office, I was in London, you know, I might get an hour on my lunch break, um, mm -hmm. or an hour before I'd start work. After work was a bit dicey because, you know, it was, you'd usually just go straight to the pub, English culture. So yeah, the, the, the main objective was just to be able to roam around the world and make photos. And so the main upside is I've, I've been able to do that for four years. Um, and of course as well, as a freelancer, uh, you know, I, I write for the photographer. I'm the arts and culture editor. Uh, I get to to 
do something work-wise that I find fulfilling and also affords me a lot of freedom. And then the, the kind of the stereotypical benefits is, and I say stereotypical because they are, they are actually true. You know, I've been able to see and meet so many beautiful things and people in this four years. And I, I've, got, I've got kind of a, a hard disk in my brain of memories, full of memories, which I, 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 can't, I can't really put it into words, Bob. It, it's, it's such an honor to live this life. And, and it gives you so much pride because you've achieved the, the, the difficulties of navigating the world um, on, your, on your own accord uh, for such a period of time. So yeah, pride and having the opportunity to do what I love basically are the upsides. Yeah. The downsides, uh, they, they are downsides. You know, you, it can get lonely. Um, you know, what, even though I've, I've, I've uh, collected uh, a wonderful group of friends, we're not always, they're also travelers and we're not mm-hmm. always in the same place and you won't always meet new people. Uh, you know, it's not, and you won't always be in the mood to meet new people. So you might have a lot of time on your own, um, which can be difficult. But, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the downside is, has less impact than the upside, so it's worth it. Obviously. I guess if it didn't, you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. So you, so you meet a lot of people out on the road. Do you ever like meet somebody, connect with them in, say, Mexico City, and several months later you run into them again in Buenos Aires or some other place? Does, does that happen? Yeah. Um, especially, with, actually, the, the, the people that I met in Colombia, because mm-hmm. I, was, I was in Colombia for a year. Um, during the pandemic. So I, I met a lot of people within that time. And we're all, you know, a lot of us do similar kind of trails. Um, you know, I met a guy from Colombia when I went to Ecuador. I've met several people here um, from Colombia in Mexico. I've had people, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I've, I've met friends and made friendships that are strong enough where people have flown in to wherever I am to come see me and spend time with me. Mm. So yeah, despite it being such a, a small, uh, sorry, a large, um, space of land over here with lots of people it, it, it it's uh funny ha- you know how often you you bump into the same people and 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 i like that it's always nice when you catch up and um just see what's been going on yeah that's that's pretty cool i mean do you ever get to the point you just feel like man i'm burned out on this i just want to go you know go get a little place back in back in Leeds and, you know, with a little garden and just sit there and not go anywhere. <laughs> um, I do get burnout, but I never think I want to go back to Leeds. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, burnout is, you know, and I would, if, if there's any photographer uh, listening to this thinking, you know, I, I, I want that life where I can just travel and make photos all day, every day, kind of 
within reason, you know. Um, yeah, burnout is a real thing and you have to find a way to, to manage that. Usually what I, what I do is I have my little cities where I'm like, I know it, it's kind of a home away from home, if you will, Mexico mm. City being one of them. So when I get a little bit kind of burnt out from moving around from city to city, country to country, I'll return to a familiar city like Mexico City mm-hmm. or like Medellin in Colombia. And I'll hang out there for maybe two to three months and kind of regroup. And usually after at least a month or two, I'm, I've got that itch to just get out on the road and see the world again. Do you stay in the same place every time you come back to Mexico City? No, no, because my, my, I, I, I was talking about this with a friend. Like I can't think of how many places, hundreds I've stayed in um, over the past mm. four years. And of course, I do most of the things through like Airbnb. Facebook's mm. a good place to find accommodation as well. You know, it, it, things come and go. So it's about finding whatever's available whilst, mm-hmm. you know, being comfortable at the same time. Yeah. Plus, you know, the, the city, so you know where not to go. And Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always stay in the same area, but, yeah. you know, it, it won't always be the same kind of apartment that I'm in. Yeah. Burnout's a, a problem. But when you do anything a lot, you, and I think what's important is just to embrace it and know you're going to get through it, get over it, whatever. And, and also I acknowledge that, it, that it's a completely normal and healthy thing yeah. to experience. I think a lot of um, would-be travelers and travelers, you know, they, they, they think that this, this life has to be some, you know, constant epiphany of awakening and, you know, some kind of cheat code to, to living a, a, a perfect life without any form of struggle. And the reality is it, it's not that. It's wonderful if you're into it. But like anything, you know, it's, it's just accept you're going to get burnt out and handle the burnout rather than try and avoid it or pretend it's not there because it'll just get worse if you, if, if you ignore it or try to ignore it. How do you do manage regular things, you know, uh, paying bills? You, you get paid, you know, you work, you get paid. You're in another country, different countries. Maybe you have bills to pay, I don't know, investments insurance well whatever it happens to be i mean how do you do that when you're not in one place I mean, um, everything must be electronic i assume yeah exactly um you know i i pay all the the money that i have to pay you can, i can do that online now um same with my insurance i mean in terms of kind of utility bills i i don't have any because no, it's true i, I guess not. I, I don't have a home back in england and you know the the agreement that you have when you're on the road through like Airbnb is you pay and it's all inclusive. You know everything's included. So yeah. I, I've I've actually got a very minimal outgoing um, in terms of like bills and stuff like that. So yeah, I've just simplified it and yeah, every, everything seems to seems to be working. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I did miss my taxes by like a week once and they came down on me and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm super sorry about that. But yeah. we got it sorted in the end. So it's not. Well, they said, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they tried to find me um, in the region of around about two and a half thousand USD. And I was like, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm not that late. Um, and I've all, I'm not in the country. Let's just sort this now. And they were cool. I, you know, it, no problem in the end. but. Mm, yeah, good. that was a bit of a shock. You know, living in the U.S., for us, like health insurance is, can be difficult if you don't have a, a good job that 
pays health insurance. You know, you have to buy it, and it's very, very expensive. But in the UK, you have the NHS, right? Yeah. Are, are you still covered by that? Yeah, yeah. Because- I think regardless <laughs> of you know um, if you're in the country, if, if you're a citizen, um, I pay my national insurance and, and things like that, so I still mm-hmm. contribute. Um, so yeah, I, I think anyone who is no, I don't want to say that. I don't know if that's true. So I'm, I was going to say, I think anyone who's in the UK and uses the NHS is fine, but that might not be true. So, oh, so, really? so don't take that as advice. But uh, but yeah, I being a UK citizen, just rock up and get some healthcare. I mean, I, I have insurance. Obviously, I use um, Safety Wing. Uh, this is not an ad, but it's who I use, and they're, <laughs> they're great. It's you know, it's covered for pretty much everything health wise and. I've had to use it a couple of times, but uh, only for kind of minor things. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, don't want anything serious to happen while you're in another country. So you're on the road. You're doing a podcast too on the road. You've got yeah. a nice microphone. That's good. Thank you. So uh, tell us about the podcast. Uh, what do you got? I mean, you. That's a big. That's a big website you work for. I mean, they do a lot. I mean, yeah, they you know do a lot of gear reviews. As a matter of fact, their first issue, our very first issue, uh, Chris Chris Gampat wrote, wrote an article for us. You know, in, in the early days, it was hard to get articles, and he he wrote one for us. Excellent. On uh, it was a gear review, I think. And so I never forgot that. I always appreciate that he did that for us. Nice. But anyway, so tell us about the podcast. Yeah, so the, the podcast is called Inside the Photographer's Mind. Uh, it's actually, it, it's a rerun of a podcast that the photographer used to do. Oh. And, it, you know, for whatever reason, um, it, it took a hiatus. And then Chris, yeah. <laughs> and then Chris and I were kind of talking about, you know, uh, what we can do to kind of diversify content and things like that. And, yeah, we, we came up with the idea of, um, of, of, starting the podcast again um this time i would be presenting it and it's you know it's it's very similar in the sense we sit down with with photographers and kind of we, we like to get into the to to the process and you know the technique we do like to do that however i'd say we're more kind of focused on getting inside the mind hence mm-hmm. inside the photographer's mind and really dig deep into what motivates a photographer to create in the manner that they do um, and what, what kind of the, the internal benefits are of, of, of their creative process and, and how, you know, that then influences the end product in terms of what you and I, the viewer, would see. Yeah, that's uh, it's something we try to do too. Not always possible. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people don't really give, they do it, but they don't know why or how or what goes mm-hmm. through, you know goes through their mind until you start to ask them questions about it. But I, th- I, th- I think that's the, the great thing about podcasting is it, it allows an individual, the, the way that we do it, um, very similar in, in the way that you do, rather than have this kind of preconceived, rigid mm-hmm. conversation, it's just let's free flow. Uh, you know, there's, 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 there's a, a foundation to the chat, of course, but, sure. you know, when, when you, I, I, I'm not really looking for kind of, the best possible answer that comes out. I just want it to be raw and authentic. And it, mm-hmm. it's actually quite a nice process when a photographer does stop and think, 
why do I do this? You know, and yeah. maybe it's, it's the first time that they've truly thought about it and whatever comes out, comes out. Um, and I, 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 I love that. I, I love kind of learning about a photographer whilst you can kind of see that they're learning about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. I guess we're always learning about ourselves, aren't we? Absolutely. Well, I know, uh, you guys do a lot of gear reviews. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get your hands on any of that stuff or? No, um, I know, you know, I, I've spoken quite, uh, openly about this in, in, in the articles I write in the, the arts and culture section. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a complete idiot when it comes to cameras, but I, I use the basic functions and beyond that, I don't really care, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's why we, we've got a great team, um, at the photographer, we've got Chris, Hillary and Brittany. Um, and all three of them, you know, they, they know gear like the back of their hand. So they know what they're looking out for. So I think if I ever attempted a gear review, I wouldn't be able to do it the same justice as, uh, as those three. So I, 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 I stay with the arty kind of things. I did that. I mean, early on in the magazine, I got a new Fuji. This was the X100S at the time when it came out. And I thought, I'm going to review it from a street photography perspective. I never did finish that article. Ooh, that was hard. <laughs> that was really hard. Yeah. And I think with the Fujifilm cameras, because um, I shoot with an X-T2, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they're so easy to use um, once you get like the, the, the mechanical process that, and I think for street photography as well, I think it's one of those, and this isn't, this isn't putting down the genre. Um, it's not, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter, but, as long as you know the basics of exposure and things like that, you, you don't you don't necessarily have to dive deep into what a camera can do. You know, like say if you were shooting sports or or, or wildlife, where like mm-hmm. nailing auto, you know, and things like that. We have a lot more creative license in street photography. That means as long as we know the basics of the camera, anything That's else true. is just a bonus. That's true. Um, yeah, they they have so many bells and whistles. I mean, you can just spend all day just trying different things and making all these changes and really not be making a lot of photographs because they are so complicated. Yeah. So you just and get to the street basic photographers, things. You know, we don't, we don't want to be the, 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 the least amount of time we're faffing around with settings, the better, you know, we, we, yeah. our, our settings is the, the world that's kind of happening around us. So. Yeah. So you use the X-T2. What, what lenses you normally use on the street? Um, 35 millimeter F2, which is kind of like 51 equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Because I travel. When yeah. I started, so when we last spoke, um, I had a Nikon D600 with a 24 mm-hmm. to 70, a 50 millimeter, and an Eight. 18 to can't remember. But um, And then I also had my X-T10. Oh. And I was... You know, in the beginning, I was like, this is great. And then after about four days of traveling, I was like, this is not sustainable. Too much <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, at some point on my tra- travel journey, um, sold all my Nikon stuff and, uh, you know, got down to just the, the X-T2 and the 35 millimeter. And that, that's pretty much the perfect combination, in my opinion, for most things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, wildlife, no. But, uh, but for street, if you want to do some portraits, kind of want to do you can get quite close with the the 35 but you can also 
if you stand further back, you can get n- enough in a scene to, to, to tell a story. So yeah, it, it was just a lens that allowed me to do the most without having the most, if that makes sense. Yeah, when you're on the road a lot, you've got to keep it really simple. Super simple. Well, I spent almost 10 years shooting almost exclusively with the X100 series, which was 35 millimeter equivalent. I figured, well, if I can't get a shot with that, then it's not my shot. What did you move on to after that 10 years? Well, I, I have the X100V now, but I, I, I have the, the Q2. Ah. Yeah, it's nice. And it, you know, and it's but same thing. It's you know, it's a fixed lens. Yeah, it's wider. It's twenty eight, but the files are so massive you can you can crop. I know a lot of people go, "Oh, shame on you! you you're not supposed to crop." Well, okay. sometimes you have to. Pure, you know, Bob purists are just. I mean, <laughs> I, I I respect them. You know, if if but it, you know, we we have so much division in life as it is. Can we not divide ourselves? on how someone makes a photo, you know, just let people make their photos. And if you like the photo, yes, great. If you don't move on, simple. You yeah. don't need to, to argue about, oh, you've cropped or you did this or, you know, come on. Pointless. Yeah. Yeah. And leave them the hell alone in the forums. <laughs> they want to do that. That's their business. Yeah. Well, people online, you know, they're, they're savages nowadays. So. Well, they are. They are. I was just listening to another podcast uh, this morning when I was driving back. And the woman was was a mathematician. And she wrote a book about uh, social media algorithms and how they're designed to make people feel ashamed in one way or another. And uh, she said in social media and the forums, it's, it's, probably one of the worst places because mm-hmm. these these algorithms are built to bring things to your attention that that, that piss you off yeah and, uh, and and she says people are either they um people who are affected the most negatively are people who can't do anything about their situation and others are others are picking on them you know like somebody's overweight and people pick on them for being overweight maybe they can't help it yeah and yeah, she happened to be overweight which is kind of interesting but it, it was <laughs> fascinating I, I i didn't i was driving so i couldn't write down the name of the book but uh, uh i'll find that and i'll put it in the show notes you know it's it's one of the main i mean I, i'm pretty thick-skinned um or i'm maybe not thick-skinned i'm numb maybe is the, the correct there term to the kind yeah. of abuse that that can come my way and other people's way that 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 are kind of working online you know whether it's the photo industry or any industry um but yeah it's one of the the main reasons i kind of i have fits and bursts with the social media and i I tend not to use it that i'll I'll take breaks for a considerable amount of time Mm -hmm. apart from facebook because facebook is different it's like your friends so i've only got kind of people on there that that i know um Whether That's what it was made photo. for. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when I was younger, I kind of had that um, desire to for everybody to know who I was and get, you know, yeah. and, and I had like 5,000 Facebook friends. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. I, I, this doesn't fit in with where I am. So I'm down to 200 now. And every person I can say I've had at least, you know, a decent conversation with. But with like Instagram and Twitter, I just, I, the experience, although there are pockets of positivity, I was just thinking this gives me more 
kind of negative energy than positive. So what's the point, you know? So I, I don't use them that much as, as maybe a photographer should, but whatever. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of just getting off of it completely. Yeah. But I don't. But, no, it's, it's you know, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we need it for our business, I yeah. guess, in a way. So, you know, people know who we are and what we do and what we're up to. But personally, I don't know. I, I don't, don't have too much use for it. Yeah. Um, so. Especially with our political divide here. Of course, you have yours as well. But uh, yeah. 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 So what's next for you? What are you... Uh, you know, you, you've had those all these adventures. Is there is there a a book in the works, or are you planning anything like that? Well, that's a that's a good question because I um so this year I was I was committed to pushing my photography more. You know, I've I've been very mm-hmm. lucky that I've been able to establish myself as a as a, a journalist within the, the the photographic space, and that's brought me amazing things. But w- what that kind of led to is me kind of taking the foot off kind of personal photography and, and pushing mm-hmm. that. So I, I, I've I've put together um, a selection of images from my time on the American continent. I think it's about 135 images. It's not a book at this point. The plan was I was going to give Instagram more uh, of an effort than mm-hmm. I ever had before. And I started seeing growth and engagement rising. And then Instagram deleted my account. Are you <laughs> um, kidding? No. So what happened, and let this be a lesson to everyone, the thing with me, Bob, is if I have to manually do something every day, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to happen because, yeah. you know, it's just I don't have that discipline. So what I did was I, um, I used a, a tool where you can pre-plan the posts for up to six months, and then mm-hmm. it will post it automatically. Okay, you know, yeah. I didn't see that as a problem because I'm not spamming anyone. I'm just posting my photos on my feed just I've, in I've a different a way. People use that, yeah. Yeah. Well, Instagram didn't like that. So oh. I woke up one day and my, um, my account had gone. And it was, it was a shame because uh, literally maybe two days before, um, Fujifilm on their official Instagram shared, shared my work. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think as photographers, as, as people, as humans, if we're, if we're passionate about something and want to succeed, it's little wins like that that give you, you know, the, yeah. the energy to keep doing it. Absolutely. Um, so there I was. I was like, the, the, the universe is speaking to me. Fujifilm is sharing my work. This is going to be a great year. And then Instagram just disappeared. And not that <laughs> that should be the only, the only channel to, to promote, but it kind of it hit me in a sense where I lost my motivation. So to, to answer your question, yeah, I wanted to, to build this series, The Americas, um, which is, a, like I say, it's a selection of shots from the States, Colombia, Mexico, and Ecuador. Um, and then if that was going to get a lot of traction and interest throughout the course of the year, you know, the, the, the decision would have been then to turn it into a book and, and uh, sell it. But we'll see. So you were just gone. I mean, of course they don't tell you. No. They don't care because you're no. They don't. They, they don't. You know. They don't care. So I had to, um, you know, I had to send a photo of myself with like some code because I contacted them obviously, and they said send a photo of yourself. This was two months ago. 
crickets. Yeah. I haven't heard a thing. I set up a new one and just the, the energy just yeah. the motivate. It was, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's a pain I, in the, the backside. I had a similar thing happen a year ago. I mean, it's unrelated to photography, but I, on Facebook, you know, there's the Facebook marketplace. Yeah. And I had a, uh, we bought a new camper, caravan, as you guys call it. Yeah. And uh, I, I listed ours for, our other one, our old one for sale. Got a lot of, you know, a lot of responses. And uh, all of a sudden, I got kicked out of the marketplace. Oh, no. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, you know, look at a garage sale or, or anything like that. I was just gone. Yeah. And then you could, you know, apply to be reinstated. And I kept filling the thing out. Okay, we'll be in touch in seven days. Never heard from them. And then three, four months later, all of a sudden, I'm back in it. I'm hoping that will happen with me, Bob. Yeah, um, I hope <laughs> it does too. I mean, you were using it for something and yeah, that's, that's too bad. You know, as they say, if something's free, you're the product. Yeah. Well, it reminds me um, of a, a conversation I had with um, Phil Penman. I don't know if you know Phil. Um, mm, I know the name. Yeah. It, it, he's, um, he came on inside the photographer's mind and um he uh, he's also from England, so we've 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 got a little British <laughs> friendship going. But uh, you know, he told me that most of his kind of traffic and things like that that helps him come from his website. And he's like, he's been very, although yes, Facebook, yeah. Instagram have helped build that. He's he's always been more focused on um, yeah. on 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 kind of building traffic. his yeah. exposure on his website. Yeah, and it makes sense because you know. Unless you don't pay, uh, unless you don't pay your um, your URL bill or whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you know, thing, no one can take you away. That's no right. One can it's yours. Cancel you. you know? It's your real estate. I preach yeah. that all the time. I haven't yeah. been a web developer myself. Yeah, you've got to own your platform. Yeah, everything and else feeds it, but you've got to own it if you want to control it. Do, do you think? Do, would you say it's much harder to build? an audience on your direct platform than it is, say, social media? Well, I, you know, they work together. Um, you know, social media certainly feeds that. It's like, this is kind of an old analogy, but, you know, you have your, your website, which is your home. And then when you go out into social media, it's like attending a party. Mm -hmm. And you go to a party and you meet some people and maybe you connect with them and invite them over to your house. So they come over, you know, they come over to your house, have some, have some beers and hot dogs or whatever. <laughs> Same thing in the digital world. You know, you, you meet some people on Facebook or Instagram. And if they, they like you, they'll come and see what you have to offer in, in your own place. And, it, you know, it doesn't cost much. You know, you can get a Squarespace site. I don't know. What, what platform are you on? Uh, format. Format? Yeah. Hmm, I've it's, never heard of it. Similar to um, Squarespace, um, mm -hmm. but it, it, it kind of, yeah. the company really markets itself to photographers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't, you know, it, it doesn't cost a lot of money. And, um, I, you know, I've been a WordPress developer for about 12 years and I tell people to stay away from it because it's gotten <laughs> so complicated. Yeah. You don't want to have to like work at it all the time to keep it updated and backed up and things. So use something like Squarespace, yeah. which is quite good. Or, yes. Yeah. And uh, 
But, uh, you know, like you said, nobody can take it away from you unless you don't pay the bill. <laughs> yeah. So it's not that, that expensive. Exactly. And I think, I think that's something I'm going to maybe redirect my focus on. I just need a little bit of a, a motivational spark in my brain, but kind of focus on building the website. I've yeah. got the website, you know, it's, 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 it's always updated, but it kind of, it's just there. I don't, I don't put in time and effort to build traffic. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's kind of a focus for me. Yeah, me neither. I, my, my website's dusty, you know. I mean, I do this stuff for a living. I, bar- I barely update it because I've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm inside websites all the time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, okay, I'll do that later, you know. Like it's, the it's, cobbler it's, it's with no, kids no, no shoes. <laughs> it's funny how we, you know, I, I'm sure we both love what we do. I, I certainly do. Um, but the, the, our personal work, you know, we, we, should, we should maybe prioritize that. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to put that on the back burner. Yeah. Um, and, and prioritize, I guess, you know, where, 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 where the money comes from. It's, you know, it has to be, it has to be that way. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, um, let's both make a commitment, Bob. To, okay. uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll hold each other's feet to the fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Hey, well, I've got to ask you one other thing. You're, you're a writer. You're a professional writer. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get it done? What's your, you, you must have a, a process you use, something, a repeatable process. Mm. Like some people get up first thing in the morning, they write and they don't get up for X number of hours. What, how do you do it? It's a good question. And I've, I, I'll, I'll preface this answer by saying I've still not found the perfect formula. Okay. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I, I love writing, but with, with anything creative, you can't just switch creativity on. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunately. No, but I, I, tend to, I, I tend to have a fixed routine. So I will write between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Because mm-hmm. um, I've found just, just over time, uh, that's where my brain, after I've done, gone to the gym, um, maybe had, I try and eat, I, I always eat light before I write. If I eat too heavy, then it's bedtime. You know, I just want to mm-hmm. search YouTube and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I eat light, do my gym. Um, and yeah, I just, I think when, when you have other people that are de- kind of dependent on the content, you've made an agreement. Yeah. Um, hey, I will give you this this article by this time. Yeah. Um, I don't always hit the deadline, um, as as Chris may tell you, but he's been a great person to work with. Um, but most of the time, I do, and yeah, I think just that 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 kind of you don't want to let the team down um, drives me to get the job done. And I, I've without patting myself on the back too much, but you know, I've I've been doing this long enough now where I, I can write pretty quickly with, to, a, to, a, to a, what I believe, you know, is, is, is a good standard um, in terms of quality. So, yeah, just, just years of doing this has just made it a bit more automated and, and keeps me going. Whereas when I was, a, like, uh, just blogging for myself, when I think we first spoke, yeah, you know, you, you, you might see a, a gap of about three or four weeks there often because I'm just like, well. Just 
Yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to yeah, it. Yeah, it's but. different when you have a deadline. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. So that helps. Yeah. yeah, what tools do you use? Um, so Grammarly is mm-hmm. is kind of the main one for all the um, you know, the little grammar things that that I and typos that I make every single time without fail, and. That's it, really. I mean, m- most of the people that I've I've written for, um, everyone's in WordPress. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, do you do you write on like like I, I use Ulysses. I found that to be a great tool. No, um, I, I I write directly inside. the Oh, well, you do right in the yeah, right yeah, in yeah. the platform. Yeah, yeah, and then um, unless unless you know a client is working exclusively with Google Docs, for example. Yeah, but usually I'll just copy and paste it over, or I'll have the extension. Um, mm-hmm. in chrome so i found yeah. grammarly if you like copy and paste out of grammarly into wordpress at least it used to be i haven't used it in a while it, it adds uh, there's all this html underlying yeah. html that <laughs> just screws up the page <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know what i press i think it's control v but that that just mm-hmm. If, if I do paste. that, it is not Control V. Sorry, it's Control Shift and V. That oh. takes out all the. Um, oh div, really? And then it just it's just, just blank text. Spot. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Wait, oh. I think a Shift Option Command V. I think I took. Okay. Need a lot of fingers. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got eight for now. Two thumbs as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a few of those. I I map I map the caps lock key. So <laughs> pressing all those four buttons or whatever. So I hold but that down. I, I just had an extra thing. I think as well with writing, um, I, I genuinely love writing about photography. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't have been doing it for this long if I didn't, you know, obviously. The, yeah. So, so I couldn't. think if, if, if you are a, a budding writer of, of sorts, then that I, I appreciate you need to pay bills and you might have to take gigs that are not necessarily your passion. But the, the foundation of what you write about, if you want to be consistent, you, you have to love it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. no, there's no point, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a uh, recent podcast. I was interviewing Fred Ranger from, uh, mm. from Canada. And uh, he's, he's a storyteller. And I said, well, you know, how do you, how do you get started? And he goes, I always start by trying to describe things. Just write a description. Yes. And that nice. really gets the juices flowing. Is is that when he's shooting? It's like when he goes out. He no, when he script. when he's writing. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, writing writing a description. Describe the photograph. Yeah, it really forces you to pay attention and to bring the words out. I struggle with writing myself. That's why I ask these questions. <laughs> well, we always encourage people to write. You know, a lot of photographers yeah. submit articles they don't want to write. Oh, well, you know. We need to have text. I think when you're writing about your own work, it's a great way to learn learn about yourself. I do find, I mean, I, I've written about probably thousands of photographers now through my through my work. Excuse me. Um, and it can be hard writing about another person's photographs. You know, there's only so many uh-huh. um, compelling, you know, eye catching and and all that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. You're right. But. Having saying that, when when I come across a photographer whose whose work is like, wow, that's that's extra special. Um, yeah. it, it's easier to do, but you know, yeah. just just because of how difficult the art form is, you don't always see 
extra, extra, extra special work, although we'd, we'd love to. You see a lot. <laughs> but yeah, the ones that stand out really stand out. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So any, anything else? Uh, anything else you want to talk about while we're here? No, I feel I feel fulfilled, to be honest with you. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've never fulfilled anybody before. <laughs> I'm not going to make any jokes there, Bob. I'm just going to just going to let that sit and exist in the universe and, unless you cut it out. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a keeper. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, thanks, Dan. Well, tell us. Uh, tell us where you can be found. Yeah, well, let's let's do the website. It's uh, danjincreates.com. Uh, there you'll see, you know, I don't just shoot street photography. Um, you'll, you'll see a lot of different things there. I, I want to, let's do Twitter as well. It's also at danjincreates. And I'll lay off Instagram for now because who knows what's going to be going on. Because you're laid off that. from Instagram. Because I'm laid off, yeah. So, uh Twitter and website, danjincreates.com and at danjincreates. Very good. Well, thanks. Uh, really appreciate you reaching out. It's great to talk to you again. You and, too, Bob. Uh, come back again soon. And I just want to say, I, I don't want to, you know, um, embarrass you or blow smoke up your backside, but I think, you know, it's, it's a great that, you know, five years since we last spoke, the, the website, especially the dedication that you put to the street photography community, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see that it's, it's, it's flourishing and, and being a real valid contributor to the space because we, we need, we need more of that. And it can be quite a challenging space sometimes, the street photography community, yeah, as yeah, you man. know. So, you know, thank you for, for, for offering some positivity and uh, a space for photographers to, to express themselves. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we are April issue. It will be our, it'll be our ninth year. We'll just be beginning our 10th year. That's amazing. I can't believe it. I thought I was going to do it for six months. So (laughs) (laughs) still here. That's great. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track, and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Mm-hmm.